From the untamed wilderness to the freshwater shores of the greatest lakes, Michigan's Upper Peninsula is an outdoor lover's paradise and the country's best kept secret. My name is Kristen Ogenini, a lifelong youper and the newest host of the iconic UP Outdoors television program, Discovering, and it's my honor to carry on the tradition of the best outdoors storytellers of this region. So sit back, listen, and discover what it's like to live and play in this amazing place we call the UP. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Big Valley Ford, Dodge Chrysler Jeep in Ewan, Michigan, BAM Tools, Hardcore Outfitters of Iron Mountain, and Cooking Wild Seasonings. Welcome to the Discover the UP podcast. I'm Kristen Ogenini. On today's podcast, I chat with Brian Whitens of 906 Outdoors and Cooking Wild Seasonings. You may also know Brian as the previous producer host of the Discovering program on TV6 here in the UP. Brian took over for the show creator, Buck Lavasser, back in about 2012. I first met Brian in 2015 when I finished my documentary, Up a River, and he did a story on my doing the film. I told him then that I wanted to work for myself at some point, and he actually told me if I ever did to give him a call because he wanted some help with the show. At the time, I was working for a small local news station in northern Wisconsin, commuting 150 miles a day from my hometown in the UP. That was getting pretty old. Fast forward to 2019, I had been working for myself for almost a year. I had left the TV station and I needed some work. So I emailed Brian to see if he still needed that help and Brian emailed me back within 20 minutes. I produced my first story for him a couple of weeks later and from there I kept producing more and more stories and shows and that freed Brian up to pursue his other ideas which were the 906 Outdoors television show and the Cooking Wild Seasonings. In the fall of 2022, Brian left the Discovering program and I took over the contract with TV6 as the full-time producer and host. Brian does still produce a story here and there for me now. We pretty much reversed roles, but his seasoning business doesn't allow him too much extra time to help me out, but he did produce the next two Discovering episodes for the first two weeks of March, which is great because it frees me up to catch up on a few things myself. Brian's shows for Discovering for the next couple of weeks are about wildlife, specifically deer habitat here in the UP, um, what we've kind of been talking about the last few weeks on this podcast. So anyways, I caught up with Brian to chat about how he got into the outdoors television business back in the day with zero video experience, taking over the Discovering program after Buck, his ideas for cooking wild seasonings, how the Spice King's business is going today, that's what I call him, new products in the works, and his plans to expand. And if you know Brian, he is full of ideas and always has a million irons in the fire. I was doing a show called Real Outdoors, which started out west, doing some shows out west and fishing and hunting, and uh, that just kind of where Real Outdoors started anyway, and then uh, which led to some stuff up in Ontario and Canada. And, and we kind of hooked up with a contract with uh, through a tourism agency in Canada to do uh, some stuff kind of through the government and got a big sponsorship. And so the show became Real Outdoors Ontario for a few years and uh, 
scooted around up there quite a bit and and uh the compilation of all that got to go to some really cool places out west and fishing and hunting in uh, arizona and colorado and california and whatnot and uh and all great but but uh, all the while still my favorite place is here in the up there's no question so i want to do something here plus be able to be home to cut my own grass once in a while <laughs> would be kind of nice so it's uh so it kind of led to that, and, and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There wasn't much room to do anything here uh, with Discovering being such a prominent show. So I, uh, but I thought, oh, maybe there's something. Maybe they got some airtime on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning or on Fox UP or something. So I called up TV6 and knew something was up right away. It just happened to, by luck, coincide, or by coincidence, coincide with uh, with Buck's back surgery, and uh, I didn't know anything about it. And uh, so we, they wanted me to come in and meet. We met, and they wanted me to fill in for them for a couple of shows. I filled in for a couple of shows, which led to a few more shows, which led to a, a quarter, a 13 shows, which led to he's not coming back, is he? <laughs> and he wasn't. Um, so it ended up uh, uh, ended up being discovering it. At first, I was I was Brian from Real Outdoors filling in for Buck on discovering, and then it just became discovering. I ended up on discovering in, in Buck's place. And uh, 10 years went by in a hurry, which is like a, a record for me to do any one thing straight through. I, uh, I, I tend to get bored fast. A uh, few years, I move on to something new. But uh, so it was time to, to move on from that and, and uh, kind of got into the seasoning business from there. I know, because when I first talked to you, I sent you an email and you emailed me like 20 minutes later because um, yeah. I was looking for, you yeah, know, some which extra was, work. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how that stuff happens because we had done a show. Uh, I did a show with you when you were doing the uh, Upper River uh, deal with the, uh, the camps in Ottawa. Did a show about your documentary, not about the camps. You did the show about the camps. I did a show about you doing a documentary, mm -hmm. and uh, it just happened. I had another guy that was. Uh, I decided it would be nice to have a hand doing this and have somebody else filming and add more stuff to it and change it up a little bit as well and give some variety. And I had uh, one person tried it for a while and he he kind of. I'm not sure if he just figured out what it was about and said this is crazy. And another guy that I worked with a little bit. And that nobody get nobody got back to me, and uh, and out of the blue at that same time, you emailed me. <laughs> it was like hallelujah, <laughs> so that was instant and it, and it worked perfect, obviously. Um, and and now here you are, and here I am. <laughs> it's uh it's your baby now. I'm doing the show, and you're off on your own new. Because yeah. you said right away that you had other things that you wanted to do, and you wanted to free up some of your time to yeah. be able to pursue things like. Seasoning. Seasoning. Um, yeah, and that was kind of, uh, it was never something that I was, uh, spent my whole life wanting to do, uh, getting the seasoning business or the, or the video business. I just somehow ended up with a video camera somewhere along the way. Um, I don't plan a lot of things. Um, go with the flow, kind of. And uh, the seasoning was just an idea while I was doing discovering as a, like a side business. Um, a side business with the uh, knowledge that there was ability there for it to become a bigger business. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it would be kind of pointless. Um, so we just, it was, uh, it was something we could, my wife and I decided it was something we could get into and it was, uh, we could get into it relatively inexpensively and just try it, see where it goes. And, uh, and it took off and it's, it's been fun doing it and it still is. And, and the, there's no end that you could, uh, I can get out of it as much as I want to put in it. You know, I can leave it coast and keep going or I can just keep pushing it. We keep picking up more outlets and whatnot and, and adding more seasonings and more varieties and uh, new ideas. I've got a ton of ideas yet that I haven't even touched. So, 
So uh, I'll need to be reincarnated a few times to finish it all off, I'm thinking. But, but yeah, so that's been going good. Um, it started out with, uh, with a handful of seasonings and uh, uh, just kind of took off from there. We started adding more of them and experimenting. Um, I know I've done a lot of... <laughs> so probably, the, probably the president again, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, my wife's answering it quick downstairs. Um, uh, what was I saying? We started out with, uh, with a handful of them, summer sausage and uh, snack sticks. And I think we started with four of them and just started, kind of took off right away from there and added garlic summer sausage and jalapeno summer sausage and et cetera. And, uh, and we're still adding them, we just keep going with it. Some of the early ones, I, I worked with another company to get some of the, uh, almost kind of a base for what I'm doing for some of the seasonings I use and, and mixed. And now we mix everything ourselves for the most part. Um, but I did that to get some of the things that I thought I needed. They, they use all these different uh, names that you don't really want to hear in your food. And, but they're in there for a reason. There's anti-caking agents and all these sort of things. And kind of concluded after a while that I don't really need that. And it's worked good. It's, uh, I think that works better without them. But anyway, so we kind of got away from that. And now we, 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 do all our own, we do everything here for the most part. It's all our own. I get all the spices in from a variety of companies throughout, uh, throughout the U.S. And, and we mix them here and we package them here and we do everything and, and uh, put them in six packs and cases. And, and a lot of them we deliver for everything. So it's basically my wife and I. And um, it's always, uh, always on the hunt for more places to put them. Working with some bigger, try to work with distributors and things like that it makes it a lot easier when you're only a two-person show. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff between marketing and packaging and da 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 da. When you put it all in one plate, it's, it gets kind of tough. So we try to find ways to make it all work. We hooked up with uh, along the way. We hooked up with with uh, Chris, all the Chris Northwoods neighborhood stores, with the help of my nephew, who's Nutrafeed. They make the Mighty Deer Lake blocks and that sort of thing. And so when he goes on and does some marketing, he also adds in some uh, cooking well seasoning stuff. So it's, he's made some some of the greatest connections for us. Chris being one of them, and they've been spectacular to work with. You know, you're uh, they're from the, they're from the UP. Mm-hmm. That says it, and, and they're uh, they're good to work with from top to bottom. I I, I love working with them. Um, everybody there has been great, and we've got some one-offs that aren't, aren't chains like that. You know, a couple of super ones: Marquette and Iron Mountain, and Elmer's and Escanaba is a great great outlet. We've got some, you know supporting good stores like uh, Rapid River Knives and and uh, Hardcore Outfitters, and and there's a variety of other grocery stores and from Newberry to, I don't know, across the UP and into Wisconsin and whatnot. We got hooked up now with uh, Meyer, with the Meyer stores. We're going to start out with uh, a few dozen of them as a, as a trial run with some of our stuff. From there, hopefully it all works good. That'll be this summer. And then from there, that'll expand. They've got a couple hundred stores. We hope to expand into all of them, or at least about half of them that have sporting goods. And, and uh, so that's kind of a nice thing coming up. So it just keeps, uh, it just keeps rolling, I guess. We got into... Uh, Somewhere along the way, uh, and it was a main goal from when we started, was the fish batter. Uh, that's our number one seller, mm-hmm. hands down, period. Mm-hmm. Number one selling item. It was uh, just something we, I, I always wanted to do because I, I uh, particularly I did a lot of the Canada stuff. We did a lot of shore lunches and, mm-hmm. and uh, hundreds of shore lunches. So you get kind of accustomed to that. And I always wanted to do a, I was more of a fish breading guy, and that's still in the works. I haven't gotten that where I want it yet. So the fish batter worked in as well and that came first so there it is so breading is on the way it's sooner or later <laughs> as soon as i can find the right uh, combination i know what i want uh, and when i get that then i'm going to do it but until then it's it'll be it's still in here <laughs> but uh but the batter worked out really well um 
just did a lot of experimenting and, and a lot of research trying to find out things I never knew about. You know, flour, there's a, all these different types of flour. Each one does something different and, and cornstarch and all the different uh, uh, ingredients that go in it. And, and uh, you know, you've got one flour that'll, that'll make it crispier, but it's not going to get golden brown. And the other flour that'll get golden brown, but doesn't necessarily keep it crispy. And um, certain things you add that'll raise the pH or lower the pH to get the browning you want. All these little things that, that play into it. And uh, just kept experimenting, experimenting and eating fish and uh, trying it on fish that we didn't even eat pretty soon. It's, that's the way, probably the way our cat is this wide and only this long. <laughs> so we made a nice basic fish batter. It's, it's great for restaurants because it stays crispy 20 times longer than most fish batters, you know, just because of some of the ingredients we use. You sold it to any restaurants? A couple of them. We're <laughs> oh, working really? on it, but oh. it's, there's a whole list of that. There's a whole list of all these things I want to do yet that's on that list. I've got the packaging ready and everything. I just haven't gotten past the, you know, wait a minute, we've got to get the fish breading. Wait a minute, we've got some Polish sausage I'm working on. Then I'll get to the restaurant. So it's all coming, but it's, again, back to that one plate full of stuff. I just keep trying to... Uh, I need to, I probably should be, if I was smart, I'd probably hire some people and, and move faster, but working on it as soon as you get tired of doing what you're doing. <laughs> but, um, so it's turned out really good. And now it's been, it's been going in another direction where, you know, I get a lot of emails from a lot of great feedback from people and, it, you know, and it inadvertently turned out to be for whatever reason, spectacular, it wasn't intended or, or on purpose. Um, on onion rings, it turns out to make it's the greatest onion things. rings. <laughs> and uh, now I get, you know, I start getting emails from people, and I've been trying different stuff as well, chicken, and and I don't care if you want to, if you got something that needs a batter, it works great on it. Pickles. I should probably take the word fish <laughs> off of it. I haven't tried it on pickles yet, but anyway, that's the fish batter stuff. So there's more, like I said, the breading. I can get what I need. That'll be coming. Uh, the seasonings, we've got more seasonings where we've got uh, 14 varieties now. Wow. Um, I didn't realize you had 14. Yeah, there's there's a uh, you could just keep adding them, and that's my problem. Is instead of selling the ones I have, wait a minute, Polish sausage. You know? <laughs> so now I got work. I've got that one just about tweaked up, and and another one I'm working on right now that uh, that I always wanted, porchetta, but not standard porchetta. You rub on a roast, it'll, it'll do that. But I I'm I've been using it and making this porchetta and trying to get it where I want it to mix it with sausage. So you mix it with pork, and you have a porchetta, you know, burger basically, you know. And I've been making them, and I love them. I mean, <laughs> you can shape it like anything you want, but it's porchetta, and I love it. Um, you put it on a roast, you're going to get that flavor, but, I mean, maybe you just want to whip up a throw on a grill, you know. So mm -hmm. so we've got a porchetta sausage seasoning coming out. Uh, some of the ones we, we did, uh, uh, bratwurst and whatnot, um, kind of a good traditional bratwurst taste. The uh, kudigi. Oh, kudigi, yes. <laughs> was one that was a, was I always wanted to do, but it's tough because you're stepping on some, you know, traditional toes there. And... Right. and but, but I like kudigi, but I'm not probably not going to take the time to go get some soak it in wine and do all these things for three days and do all that traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. That's great if somebody does. I think that's spectacular, and that's the way to do it. But there's a lot more people that want it that don't want to do all that than there are that are willing to do it. So we came up with a porchetta seasoning and tried a lot of different ones in different places and read a lot about it, And I mean, uh, uh, kudigi, mm -hmm. and uh, learned about the history of it. You know, it started in Italy, came over here, and... And you basically search online now in Italy, and you can't find anything from, that I can find that relates to Kudigi. Okay. And now, and, and I think I made a commercial that said it, it was born in Italy and lives in the UP, <laughs> because Italy, I, don't, I can't find anything about Kudigi there, you know, except that it originally came from there. But in the UP, it's Kudigi, you know. So it became a UP thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of some of the reasons we wanted to do that, and it's a, it's one of our best sellers actually. And ironically, I mean, in certain areas, you know, you're going to get up. 
certain areas of the UP are going to sell more of it than other areas. But I sell a lot of it, a good portion of it anyway, um, California and in Montana and Florida and people that, how they ever heard of Kudigi, I have no idea, or maybe they haven't, they just want to try it. But I sell a lot of it to places not, you know, out of the UP, which is kind of unique, so I don't know. So it's been going good. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Cooking Wild Seasonings. Cooking Wild Seasonings, flavor and meat. Just mix, heat, and eat. That simple, you bet. Now even easier with our new grab-and-go four-pack cartons. Four combinations to choose from. Whitetail Hunter, Deer Camp, Summer Sausage, and Fresh Sausage. Make it fresh, make it yours. Make it easy. Grab a four-pack today. Available at various locations, including all Chris Northwood's neighborhood store locations. Find out more about Cooking Wild Seasonings at cookingwildseasonings.com. You're still doing 906 Outdoors, though. You still have a show. Yeah, yeah. Still working on that, and uh, it's been going over great. It's, it airs in a, on a Fox station in lower Michigan, out of Traverse City, so it kind of covers the lower half of the, or the upper half of the lower peninsula, across the upper peninsula on Fox UP, and, and part of that same Traverse City station on the east end. And then uh, NBC out of Rhinelander, where you used to work. And uh, that goes across the top of Wisconsin. And I was for a while on a, a station out of uh, uh, Bay Eau Claire, and uh, covered a whole another big chunk of Wisconsin, but that one kind of it's kind of hard to deal with sponsors that far away and trying to make something happen there. So we worked with these three stations. It works great. Got a small handful of sponsors with Rapid River Knives and Blades, Bait and Tackle, and Crist, and uh, and Race Driven in Escanaba. And uh, don't want a bunch. Just we've got what we want, got what we've got, and work with them to as part of their business. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that's also on that same plate that I. So I uh, just, just finished a uh, commercial before you got here uh, for Blades about a Willcraft or new uh, machine they're handling or a dealer for. So almost to an extent where you kind of get involved in their business where it's like, here's how we can, here's how we can market this or how we can, you know. So, so if you get a bunch of sponsors, hard to do that. There's, there's, uh, it used to be here, here's a sponsor, and they send you their ads. Now it's like, here's a sponsor, what can we do? You know, so we go meet and we come up with our ads or come up with segments or whatever it is. You know? So it's kind of, it's fun. But yeah, that's been going on now. I've been airing that for a few years now, I guess, longer than it seems like, but kind of like discovering. I was in discovering for two years. It turned out it was 10. I thought it was two. So I'm getting to the point now where it's going to be some, we got some more possibilities, some more filming and stuff and and working with uh, you and uh, all kinds of ideas I got. (laughs) Full of them. Yeah, full of them. Usually when I come here, I hear a whole bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah, I talk sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot more of them. There's some some other seasoning ideas we have that are very far off the beaten path. So I'm working on some of those. So we'll see what happens. A lot of them, a lot of them come about when I'm on uh, camping or. I get my best ideas when I'm driving, but of course I do a lot of that. I used to I used to uh, so I do a lot of music, listen to a lot of music. Used to have the music festival, and I think since discovering somewhere in the beginning of discovering. I drive, you know, did a lot of driving, as you know, was driving all over the place, you know, from Hermansville to Houghton's a long way, or up to the tip of the Keweenaw, or, or to the East End, or wherever it is. And, and uh, since probably around the time discovery, I started doing discovering, I almost never turned the radio on. Well, never put music on. I never listened to the radio. I got my own music, but now I just leave it all, and you think, though. So it is, like you said, the best idea is driving. So I don't, I don't, even, I haven't uh, very seldom turned any music on. But yeah, it's a good way to. It's a good way to. Uh, I used to go for a walk a lot of times when I couldn't think of something. I'd take a walk because 
anywhere I walk in my house or my wherever, I see stuff and say, like, oh, that's right, I got to finish that, or I was going to build that thing there. And if I walk down to get in the woods and just walk and stare at the ground, your head's clear and I could I could walk and come up, figure out stuff I had to figure out for the show or whatever it was. And now I'm trying to do the same thing there. It's like, why don't I just walk and watch the trees go by, <laughs> take a break for, for half an hour. So I've been trying to do that, but it doesn't work so well, but. No, I find myself glued to my computer editing for hours and realize I haven't moved for yeah. that long. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time. That's, so I think it's one of the parts about the whole, you know, filming part or the production of all the shows like, you know, you're doing now or I did and whatever. I met a guy yesterday in Blades that was, uh, was a producer of a show film. He did a lot of videography and whatnot for shows that were on ESPN Sports and he was part of that and Outdoor Channel, all these different, you know, some big shows and up in Alaska. He spent 10 weeks in a tent and all these things. So we had a good conversation, but we all agree on the same thing. It's like, you know, it's, you got the best job in the world. You're always in the woods. Yes, I do. You know, in reality, <laughs> most of it's sitting behind a computer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was never a computer guy in my life. And, and uh, I started to before the uh, filming stuff, but, but I was more, you know, we, we had a variety of businesses and spent a lot more time in the woods before I got a camera. <laughs> doing things in the woods anyway but uh but yeah you spend i think you spend most of the time editing behind a computer secondly is probably driving mm -hmm. and third is filming you know at least amount of time is probably filming a lot of the times but so it's doesn't mean it's not a good job this is not quite <laughs> as glorified as everybody might think it is oh yeah because the only part they see is you exactly. know what you're you know filming and you're off running around the woods yeah and, and, I, and I was never wanted to tell anybody that because you want to keep it that way you want them to watch it and enjoy it and mm -hmm. they, don't need to, they don't need to know how much much work it is. Was, you know, <laughs> stuff was involved in it, particularly doing what you're doing, what you know, what I did with discovering and Buck did. It's a one-man deal for the most mm -hmm. part, you know. And that's I like talked to the guy yesterday. He was you know, he did, he'd done all these big shows with the Outdoor Channel, like I said, and whatnot. And I mentioned what I was doing. He said, "Oh, we watch, we see, we see your show. That's all we you know we like to come up to the UP and da da He said, "So what do you you know how many talked about the size of the production team?" And it was like <laughs> one. <laughs> Well, who does all the scripting? It's just one guy, you know. Who's behind the camera? It's the same guy. <laughs> so they people think you're crazy. I don't know. I, I you know Michigan Outer Doors used to, to talk a lot on their show about they were one of the only shows, you know, that had a show every week. Mm -hmm. And Discovering, of course, being the other one, and a new show, basically a new show every week, 52 a year. You might have a rerun here and there, but for the most part, it's a new show every week. Whereas other ones were usually like like the stuff I used to do was 13 shows. You ran them twice. 26 shows a year, and then you would have, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of them are. And uh, they 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 were telling me how everybody thought they were crazy because there was only four of them doing it. It's like <laughs> you should come to the UP and try scooting around here when everything's four hours in between and there's one person. You know, mm -hmm. it was a it was the greatest thing in the world when you got involved. That was uh, I don't think I could have made it anymore. But, uh, so now you're kind of stuck I'm with single-handed. But thank you yeah. for this next two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, have yeah. to do a show. I wish I could do more of them, but I get I get wrapped up in the in the uh, the seasoning stuff, and it's hard to you know. Mm -hmm. But that's so. what I do get a lot. I I showed up at one shoot, and like they they were looking in my truck for somebody else in there. You can't. Well, where's your camera person? It's like I am the, <laughs> I'm camera, the camera person. person. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Or else they think I work for TV6. They're like, oh, so-and-so at the station, this, that. I was like, I don't know. I'm not there. No, I'm not. I don't know about it. Yeah, I, know, I, I remember I did a show with Michigan Older, with Jenny and, and uh, Jordan from Michigan Older Doors. And uh, we did a few of them. And, and we were bluegill fishing, ice fishing or something. That was the first time I had done a show with them. And they got there and they're looking around. They're like, well, where's your vehicle? You know, I said, right there. Mm -hmm. 
and those stickers are not, you know, there's all glorified up and you look like a billboard going on the road. You know, like, no. They said, well, I can't believe that they, they don't put, you know, they don't, you know, signage the whole car. It's like, it's my car. Right. So you've got to buy your own vehicle. I'm, well, yeah. They said, please tell me you, you at least buy with the camera gear. I said, no, I work, I don't work for them. This is my own, you know. Mm -hmm. They couldn't believe that, you know, because they've, you know, it's just different with them. Not good or bad. It's just they've got the vehicle. They've got, you know, like most places might, you know. I've had the same question, like, oh, well, TV6 provides you with that camera gear. I'm like, no. I was like, I bought this. They're like, how much? I was like, I don't know, $6,000 in my hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't have one of anything because if it breaks. No. If it I have breaks, two computers, three yeah. cameras, yeah. three GoPros. Yeah, you got to have a drone. You got to have yeah. a drone, too, yes. <laughs> Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by BAM Tools. My friend Andrew wants to help support this podcast, but didn't know how he should advertise his business, so here goes. BAM Tools is a small, family-owned, and operated business out of Ewan, Michigan, but they cover the entire UP, delivering tools to all sorts of businesses. Inside the tool truck are hand tools, power tools, automotive shop supplies, and so much more. I should tell Andrew I need a new Grizzly cooler, preferably blue. BAM Tools is also a tech tire supplies distributor, and Travis is the guy behind the wheel of that truck. So if you see Andrew or Travis in a BAM Tools truck, tell them thanks for supporting this podcast. I still have, uh, I still have every camera I ever had, except for one. I sold an old Canon XL1 that I used for a while. And uh, I think I had two of them. I might even still have one of them. I don't know. Them big Canons. Yeah, I like and, the uh, Canon XL1. Yeah. It was a good camera. Prior to that, when I first started, when I first started filming anything long before I was doing television stuff, was uh, I bought a, uh, a high camera from, mm -hmm. from a guy that was uh, Anstar Video, Wally Roberts. I worked for him for a little while on Air Mountain. And uh, he was out of Florence. I think he still does video stuff. And a great guy. And he, uh, he bought the XL1, so he sold me this old high eight Canon. I still have it. And uh, it was a really good camera. And that's what kind of where I started shooting stuff for another project I was working on, which, which led to inadvertently television stuff somehow. But uh, I was filming stuff to make a DVD and, and long story. But, but I was doing some old guy was doing websites at the time. And, and I did a website for... Uh, Iron Mountain, it was a, a door store in Iron Mountain, Northwoods Outfitters. I did a website for him, and he knew a guy from Crivets, knew him, and he was doing a television show, uh, Mike Mladnik, Fishing with Northwoods Guide, Mike Mladnik, okay, who's yeah. still guiding and still mm -hmm. great, and we're good friends, And but he somehow was talking to, to there and da-da-da, and he said, well, I know a guy with a camera, so he called me up, he said, hey, do you do any television work? I said, absolutely, and I didn't have a clue at that even would entail not the slightest clue i don't know microphones <laughs> so i said yeah absolutely i do television what do you need you know fishing show them I, I do television so i got online i read everything i could and i, I bought a hurried up and bought a, a cheap microphone and we went out right not long after that we, we met once and he said yeah let's go do it so we, we did a show with uh wishigan out of doors with a news magazine and three of us went out on on the menominee river and i had everything ready and i might try to BS my way through it and, and and it worked everything but I had a big set of headphones for my stereo on them big old look 1972 headphones you know and uh, and these cheap microphones and hooked them up and I, we were at the truck I checked everything out everybody was mic'd up everything's working so I left them big giant headphones behind because I'm not going to wear them all day they look stupid I don't know if it was because of the power dam or what 
but there was some kind of interference, so all the audio was a nightmare. And oh my God! And it was the first show, and I so I had to make it look good. And I edited and edited. I spent so much time editing that show <laughs> and trying to get words that I could move around. And put, oh my God! But it worked, and they loved it. You know, so, so I had just enough audio out of it where it's like. I didn't make that mistake anymore. I put I wore head bought some earbuds and whatever, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I started doing it in the first place. I had no intention of getting that television stuff. By the time I started doing it, it went from the high eight to uh I think that first show was probably on that high eight camera. Okay. Then then uh then Wally, the same guy, was doing a project and he bought a new camera, so I bought his XL one and got right into the mini D V tapes, which which were you know, now you're doing digital. And uh That was great until yeah. then. SD cards came along. Yeah, and all of a sudden. <laughs> so yeah, even that seemed like it was spectacular because you had these little tapes, you know. And mm -hmm. I, I, I got, I still have two two uh, Sony cameras that I, were great cameras that I used for that. And yeah, then all of a sudden it's SD cards and makes those look archaic, you know. Every time I'd meet up with Buck somewhere, he was, uh, I'd, I'd always walk up to him, I'd pop that card and go, look at that, Buck. It's all on air, yeah, because <laughs> he always talked about a big wooden tripod and the cameras and mm -hmm. going back to the studio and developing film and all this stuff. It was, I can't even imagine, you know. Mm -hmm. You think, I can't even imagine doing that with one person, much less now it's easy, really, you know, compared to what he did. And right. So I'd always do that. I'd pop that out and go, look at that, Buck. Ain't that something? And he'd swear at me all the time, whatever. Yeah, so it's a lot easier. You know, cameras are small now and, you know, you know phones, I mean. Phones, yeah. I've yeah. shot some, I've shot there, my pictured rocks with a phone. Yeah, everybody's talk, a, lot of people, a lot of people talk about how their phone shoots so great and it's like it better, it costs more than the camera. <laughs> you know, I can buy a good camera cheaper than that phone, so it better shoot, if you're going to use it for video, yeah. it better shoot really good. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Big Valley Ford Dodge Chrysler Jeep in Ewan, Michigan. When I'm traveling around the UP, I'm surprised, and not surprised, by how often the vehicle in front of me has a Big Valley sticker on it. Big Valley Ford Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is located in the tiny town of Ewan on the west end of the Upper Peninsula. People from across the region buy their new and used cars and trucks from Big Valley, and they drive all the way back to Ewan to get them serviced. Which reminds me, I'm probably due for an oil change myself. I'm on my fourth new Ford vehicle with over half a million miles under their tires, so I'm probably due for a tire rotation too. Big Valley is a one-stop shop for all your vehicle needs with a full service department, parts department, and body shop. I got caught in a hailstorm once with my last truck and they made it look just like new. If you're looking for a new or used vehicle, go see them in Ewan or check out their inventory online at bigvalley.biz. The seasoning stuff, and a lot of it is, is comes on a marketing, of course, and a lot of the marketing is showing people one of the reasons we started doing it in the first place. Uh, back to the seasoning here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people tend to go and get their, you get a deer, and you get it processed, and you get, and that's all great. And, uh, you know, you got a pile of salami made, and now you got 30 pounds of summer sausage in your freezer. It's easy. <laughs> you know, if you ever made a meatloaf, this is 10 times easier, you know. And, and that was always the thing that, to kind of show people that it's, you know, how easy it is. You know, not, not to step on the toes of the people that are doing it, because that's what they do, and they do a great job. And the people that bring it there don't necessarily want to do it themselves, you know. But, but man, there's a lot of them that do it, and it's easy. You can tweak it and make it yourself. And I tend to not put a lot in the freezer. I almost, I almost never have any salami in the freezer because I'll just, uh, you know, if there's a party coming up the next day, we're having a uh, football party. I'll mix it up the day before, wrap and roll it up like some salamis and just wrap it up and throw it in the fridge. 
And in the morning I get up, I put it in the oven real low and do, you know, let it, just let it go. And about half time, you pull it out and let it sit for about 10 minutes. You may never want to eat one out of a freezer again. <laughs> it's night and day, you know. So and that's kind of like the saying under, make it fresh, make it yours. You know, I make them when I want them. That's when I make them. I don't make meatloaf and throw it in the freezer and take it out six months later to eat for dinner, you know, or a burger or anything. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. And also kind of relaying to people that it's not just well game, you know. I make by far more out of hamburger and just pork than I do out of venison because venison is not always the easiest to come by. <laughs> I don't necessarily live in a part of Menominee County where there's a ton of deer by our camp, you know, so, so we don't get a lot of deer, and particularly when you start experimenting a lot with all different varieties and flavors, and I, I, I need a lot of deer. So it's, it's easy. I go buy some hamburger. Hey, it's on sale. I buy some and bang, I make up some salami and for the game or whatever it is. And, and uh, same thing with pork, I gr I'll grind my own pork, I'll buy pork butts or whatever, but I mean you can buy pork sausage, whatever you want, and you know, you, you want to make some spaghetti, it doesn't have to be, you know, sweet Italian seasoning, it doesn't have to go in there and sit for three days or anything, put it in there, mix it up and put it in a, fry it up, you know, it's seasoning, you know, or you can make it in sausages or whatever you want, but but uh, that's a big part of it, is, is doesn't have to be venison, and it, it doesn't have, you don't have to make 30 pounds of, in advance, you know, and it's just better fresh, you know. And you can, you know, even buy in the hamburger and freeze in it. It's on sale, buy a bunch, freeze it. But take it out and make the salami when you want to make it. Because as soon as you put it in the freezer, now it's salami, you put it in the freezer and things happen to it, you know, ice crystals forming, all these different things, and it's going to get either wet or, you know, then dried out or different things. And when it's fresh and you slice it open and it just, you know. <laughs> we do five pounds at a time, like your package says when we do it. And we do throw in the freezer, it doesn't last long. Justin will like eat it all week for lunches and then pull out another pack and you know, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it works good making five pounds, you don't have to measure anything. But it, but that was one of the key things when we made it was I used to buy it in different places and, and it's like, okay, I want to make, I just want to make two pounds of it. Mm -hmm. and. How much do I put in? Now I got to measure everything in a bag. Okay, there are 16 teaspoons or whatever, and I divide it by. So we make sure and put all that on. Or you, here's how much to make one pound. You know, so if you want to make a pound or two pounds or three pounds, um, a lot of times I'll make you know two pounds of. I'll make five pounds, but I'll make two pounds of of summer sausage, two pounds of jalapeno, and uh, you know half a pound whatever. You know, one pound of garlic or something. But it'll be the same thing. I'll make some. If I'm making, particularly if I'm doing a smoker, so I don't have it all going for just a couple salamis, mm -hmm. I'll make five pounds of it and I'll throw some in the freezer and we take them all we want them. But yeah, it's hard to beat them fresh, you know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's like cooking. It's like I always get that all the time. It's like, oh, you cooked all. We like the cooking on the show, and you must really like to cook. It's like, yeah, I don't mind. I like cooking, but not not like everybody thinks I might just because I cook all the time. On her, mostly it was to get fill up a show, mm -hmm. or a lot of it was. But it's not cooking. I like I like experimenting. I don't have any recipes, you know, it's like I'm making, you can bet that whatever I put in a pan is a piece of chicken, it's going to taste different than the last time I put it in a pan or the time before because I've got to try something new every time, you know, I can't help it, that's what I like doing, whether it's fish or anything, you know, you gotta, except with the cooking, with the seasoning business, cooking wild, you know, obviously that's replication, but but I like trying anything. <laughs> that's just like I've been done a couple you know camping whatever and it's like well everyone's probably used to brine or cooking up a storm and doing this and that. I was like you're getting me and a walrus hot dog. Yes. <laughs> I don't I've done cook. shows with hot dogs. I don't cook. <laughs> and it, and it, it becomes it's tough to do you know mm -hmm. it is when you're trying to cook you're never going to eat a warm meal. No. <laughs> you know? It looks great but it's cold because you're just constantly moving the camera getting shots moving the camera. When that fish goes in the pan it's got to do everything just right to get the shot and you put it in there because you ain't, it's like a wedding. You're not doing it twice, you know. 
and, uh, and then you get a different angle. And you're constantly moving. It's like by the time you're done, it's like such an ordeal. It takes two hours to cook a piece of fish. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's an ordeal, but. And we just um, oh for Valentine's Day, Justin asked me what I wanted for dinner. I said I wanted Mongolian venison. Ooh. We're still using your Mongolian venison recipe. Yeah, no, from I here. love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I saw Mongolian beef somewhere one time on TV or something like venison. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's good gooey and sticky. That's our Valentine's dinner. Yeah, that's the kind of bad Valentine's. Most people are having tea, tenderloin or something. You're having a Mongolian medicine. Perfect. That's perfect. That's why we're youpers. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Hardcore Outfitters of Iron Mountain. Hardcore Outfitters strives to promote and instill an enjoyment of the outdoors for all ages and individuals. Whether you're already an avid outdoors person who enjoys the thrill of the hunt or newly learning the art of archery, sharpen your skills at their indoor archery range and check out their line of products from Matthews, Hoyt, Bear, Raven, Centerpoint, Tenpoint, and Wicked Ridge. If being on the water drives your passion and has you hooked, they have an impressive selection of year-round fishing gear, plus a full-service bait shop and the largest selection for fly fishing the UP. Go to Hardcore Outfitters in Iron Mountain, tell them I sent you, and discover what outdoor hobby or adventure awaits you. Covered seasonings, we covered now, six outdoors. Six outdoors. You have some more ideas you're not going to tell me yet? Yeah, they probably did already. <laughs> what I do is some of them, I put them on the back burner and they wait for months and you think of them again and go, oh, for God's sake, be an idiot, you know? And if they last, it's like, so this one I can't, this one I can't shake, this one I'm doing. I think I told you about it before, but when I was out in Vegas, you see all the people, how crazy they are about their dogs, you know? Got me thinking about dog jerky. Dog jerky? Seasoning for dog jerky. So I started researching it. It turns out there's all these spices that are good for dogs and ones that are bad for dogs. And all these treats people make and whatnot are treats, and they're 95% they're just these filler products in there. And, you know, well, put what you want in them. When something's on sale, dirt cheap, buy it. You want to make, you know, especially when you start talking about somebody with hunting dogs that got, you know, thousands of dollars in a dog. They want to, you know, and, uh, and the way people are with their pets, you know. So I started looking into that. And that's kind of joking. This was on vacation. I was in Vegas. And I'm like, I got to look at this. So I started researching all of it and all the different spices that make sense. And some of them are good for lethargic dogs. Some are good for dogs that are too hyper, you know. All these seasonings fit into it. Spices fit into it and ingredients. Uh, not making a jerky, just the seasoning for it. Because particularly here, and if you're like me, when you shoot a deer, I'm not big on all the, you know, it's nice to use all of it, but I've had a couple of bad necros. You can't pay me. I take it in a lot of necros. <laughs> I don't even want to peel the hide back to see the neck. That's how bad they were. Jerky. Yeah. Dog jerky, you know. Front shoulders. Hard to use that. It's just hard to, dog jerky. You know, it's like, you can take a roadkill and make dog, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm working on that and all of it. That's my secret one. That's when everybody thinks I'm nuts. But I tell people about it, and they're like, you got to, this is what I'm saying. And they're like, that's all I get, you know. But people are nuts about their, you know. And there's more people that are wanting to utilize more of their, you know, their harvest and everything, too. Exactly. And perfect sure, for that, you know? yeah. yeah, perfect for it. It's, it's, uh, man, it's to make your own thing, too. You know, no different than the summer sausage or anything else. It's a chance to make your own, you know. Yeah, I make my own jerky because you ever go to a store and buy that stuff for how much a pound, you know? Yeah. 
I'm working on a chili recipe right now. Not just another bag of chili seasoning. You know, there's, there's all kinds of them out there. So I'm trying to find, come up with something totally different. So I've got, I researched the heck out of peppers. All the different peppers you would use for potential chili spices. And, uh, you know, serranos and about all these different peppers and what they do and what flavors they have. And earth, this one has earth tones. This one has a little bit of sweet and smoky and all these different things. And uh, so I bought all these peppers now, dried peppers, and I grind them, put them through the grinding process, grind them all up. And now I'm, I just got them. So now I'm in the process of I have a little water to each one and taste each one and see what they do, you know, and, and then try to come up with, well, I like this one, not this one. This one's bad. This one's, you know, none of them too hot. You know, you can always add that, but but uh, just trying to keep a milder and then come up with a good good blend of these all these different peppers and you know the ones that make the cut ones that don't and there's some other ingredients you know salt and cumin and whatever but but something that's a different just a different chili seasoning you know instead of the there's a million of them out there i you know already you know it's like big barbecue sauce put on a shelf with the other 600 varieties you don't stand out at all <laughs> you know you're just another so i'm trying to make something different but uh we'll see how it works that's uh you know you start reading a lot of different types of chilies too you know or you know not just the peppers and i bought some a while back and for something to, just to try these chilies out for some recipe and and i just love them the taste of them so that's what got me going now it's now i'm trying all these chilies so hopefully we'll have some chili seasoning pretty soon that might be more of a jar thing where you can take you know how, how much to make however much you're making and probably in pouches as well you know like here's a batch for one pound of meat but also kind of in a jar format where you can scoop out in one tablespoon per pound or whatever it is, you know. But yeah, so we're working on that now. So I, it won't be long from now I'll be pretty sick of chili. <laughs> <laughs> and so will Patty and so will the kids. And so <laughs> how we make a chili. The cat will be sick of chili. But uh, so that's that's coming up in a... Uh, I'll keep I'll send you a chili for some, for some uh, taste testing. We're definitely working on putting up some kind of a building. N nothing started yet, nothing, just still planning. And it's kind of nice that it took us a bit to get to where we, you know, or, or we took, we start here and we keep expanding and outgrowing different things. And uh, you can do a lot in a small space, but pretty soon you need more storage. And so so the more you get to do before building a building, the more you learn. So the, the more accurate the building becomes. So we're, uh, we've been working on that and uh, kind of got some plans laid out. We're just waiting to pull the trigger on it now. So, so hopefully we'll put up a building maybe this summer, I'm hoping, hoping this spring or summer, I'm hoping. We'll on your property happens. or somewhere no, else? No, probably, probably right in Hermansville, somewhere, you know, locally. Just uh, It's one of the neat things about it. I had a, a buddy doing some work with me on it, and uh, you know, he was talking about, you know, what time do I start and what time do I, how long do I work today? It's like, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, I said, there's one thing about it was it's, it's, there's all kinds of stuff you can do to build this bigger business and whatever, but there's also that, to me, this, I don't know, a comfortable hometown, here's what we do. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that's how we're doing it, you know. And if it's, it could be bigger. I'm sure it could be, you know. Do I want it bigger? Yeah. But at the same time, boy, it sure is nice doing things the way you want. And it doesn't have to be the biggest. I don't need to be the seasoning king. <laughs> you know, spice we just, king. yeah, spice king. We just, you know, we want to have a nice business and 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 somebody, the people that are going to hopefully eventually work in here are just uh, like coming to work during the day. You know, mm -hmm. doesn't have to be this factory setting and just. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just just a nice hometown UP business. That's what we want to build. You know? And uh, someday when somebody buys it down the line, they can do what they want with it. <laughs> right now, that's what we want. So, so we'll see where it goes. But.
Thanks, Brian, for being on the podcast. I hope that it is okay that I shared all your upcoming secret products with everyone. You know, meeting Brian was one of the best things that ever happened in my career. I wouldn't be here doing what I am now had we not connected. Creating the Discovering program really is a dream job for me. It's a lot of hard work, but it's totally worth it. My goal is to get at least 10 years out of the show like Brian did before I too want to branch out into some other creative endeavor. What I appreciate about Brian is he has big ideas and he's not afraid to get after them and do all the hard work it takes to make it happen. So if you take anything away from today's episode, hopefully it's inspiration to chase your own passions. And if you want to try Brian's Cooking Wild Seasonings, my favorite are the Jalapeno Summer Sausage and the Maple Breakfast Sausage. And the easiest way to find them is to go to 906outdoors.com. So thank you out there for listening and tune in next week for another Discover the UP podcast. <laughs>